welcome back to another episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. Today, I'm going to be discussing part two of the immune system set that I've been working on. Last week, I was talking about the basic cellular functions of each cell in our immune system. And this week, the topic in the immune system is immunotherapy and mRNA vaccines and what their effects are on the human natural immune system. So I'm talking about immunotherapy and mRNA vaccines together because of some similarities that I found through some research with them. And actually immunotherapy is a really cool and fairly new therapeutic treatment that doctors and scientists are starting to realize actually works on cancer patients very, very well. So I'm going to start off with just talking about what immunotherapy consists of, and then I'm going to go into the whole mRNA vaccine and everything and some conventional vaccinations and how those differ from the modern ones, which are mRNA and DNA. And there's just a lot of cool things that I found out that I wanted to share with you guys. Okay, so on immunotherapy or biological therapy, it's the treatment of disease by activating or suppressing the immune system. It's a newly popularizing treatment for various types of cancer, and it can also be used to treat allergies, since the immune system is responsible for allergies. From my last episode, I think I mentioned mast cells. Those are responsible for allergens and how our body reacts to all of those. So immunotherapy can be for that too. And remember cytokines? Immunotherapy alters them and other growth factors in the cell to fight against tumor growth. And I think I'll have to do a podcast on the cell cycle because it's so interesting and it's also kind of in-depth, so I don't want to put that into this episode and have it be too long. I probably will do that at a later date. It's really cool. I love learning about it. But back to immunotherapy. It can actually be used as a way to alter those checkpoint inhibitors, which in cells are the surveillance mechanisms that monitor the order and integrity of the major events within the cell cycle. So when it comes to the cell cycle, regulation is very, very important. And it's mitosis and meiosis, if you guys remember a little bit of that from some science classes at some point. But it's essential that the daughter cells produced be exact duplicates of the parent cell. Mistakes in the duplication or distribution of the chromosomes can lead to mutations that may be passed forward to every new cell produced from an abnormal cell. To prevent a compromised cell from continuing to divide, there are internal control mechanisms that operate at three main cell cycle checkpoints. And just to go over what a checkpoint is, it's one of the several points in a eukaryotic cell cycle at which the progression of a cell to the next stage in the cycle can be halted until these conditions are favorable. So there's a G1 phase and a G2 phase, which are both growth. And then there is the S phase, which is synthesis, it's all copying, and the M phase, which is metaphase, and that is where the daughter cells start to become their own separate entities. So this is the kind of stuff that immunotherapy is working with. It's very complex and it's very delicate. Immunotherapy is for the severely immunocompromised, those whose immune system function is not strong enough to fight off infection, or for someone whose immune system is malfunctioning because of an autoimmune disorder or cancer because this kind of therapy is to help the immune system fight and get back to regular function. And usually people don't just need that out of the blue if they're fine. So now on to the mRNA vaccines. And I actually think that mRNA vaccines shouldn't be called vaccines at all. They should be called shots instead because they're so new in development that there's nothing actually proven that they're a vaccine and that they can completely prevent somebody from catching whatever the said virus is they're supposed to be blocking. 
but they are being tested for treatment against tuberculosis and yellow fever. They are dendritic cell based, which from my last show, I talked about all the different cells of the immune system. The dendritic cells bridge innate and adaptive immunity together. They're part of that myeloid lineage. Um, And then messenger RNA is a type of single-stranded RNA involved in protein synthesis, which is very important in the cell cycle and just in our bodies as a whole. The biggest challenge was that mRNA would be taken up by the body and quickly degraded before it could actually deliver its message, the RNA transcript, and be read into the proteins of the cells. The immunogenicity of these vaccines is not permanent, which is why the flu shot is like annual or however often people get it. They have a tangled history, and because development is still in the works, there really isn't a lot of solid information about its effectiveness. Unlike conventional vaccines that stimulate the immune system through use of a weakened, damaged, or inactivated version of the pathogen, the virus or bacteria, DNA and RNA vaccines actually use genetic materials that code directly for the pathogen spike protein, which in terms triggers an immune response in our bodies. Specifically though, DNA vaccines use small DNA molecules, called plasmids, while mRNA vaccines use the pathogen's messenger RNA to actually do the job. So mRNA vaccines are not supposed to be changing any part of our human genome. Um, And just to compare DNA vaccines with mRNA ones, DNA vaccines are more stable than mRNA ones, but they do need to get into the cell nucleus, so those could potentially change your genes whereas the mRNA ones don't need to do that, but they are unstable, so they're not gonna last long at all. But the mRNA vaccines do go directly into your cytoplasm. Both are pioneered right now, meaning there are a ton of unknowns. And big tech sees that these things have the potential to be promising, which is why they're pushing them on everybody. They're in this for the money, they're not in it for the health, which is really sad. And another thing about the mRNA and DNA vaccines is they are considered as more therapeutic treatment rather than a conventional vaccine. That's why I talked about immunotherapy first, because all of these things are therapeutics. And, you know, when you look these things up online, there is an information block when I try to research these things. Google gives out so much on COVID and only from the CDC, FDA, Moderna, or Pfizer on the first page. So you do have to scroll into that second page of Google, maybe even the third, and it feels like you're in the dark web by that point. Even if you type in anything like quote-unquote other than COVID or something, you'll still get sources and sites telling you to get vaccinated. Now let's talk about vocabulary. COVID shots, that's what I'm calling them. There are some medical differences between this shot and vaccines. Vaccines prevent you from getting an infection. The COVID shot does not prevent you from catching COVID. It just would make your symptoms supposedly less severe if you get it. That's its purpose, but I don't know if that's helping for some people. I think because mRNA immune treatment is so new, they really shouldn't be called vaccines. Somebody would not be advised to get four polio vaccines to prevent getting polio. One would be enough. If somebody's dog had to get four or five rabies shots, I would be like, are you trying to kill my pet? It only needs one. But when it comes to getting vaccinated to protect a college campus, none of that matters. You can get tested on. And what about the flu shot? We call it a flu shot, not a flu vaccine. And this is because you can still get the flu. The shot is just made to lessen the severity of the flu if you do get it. And those aren't mandated. And the COVID shot is a lot more like the flu shot. So why is it mandated? 
Why are so many healthy people getting jab after jab after jab after jab? Because I hear the fourth one is now getting approved. Easy, because it's not a medical crisis anymore. It's a crisis of political control by the left. And that is really sad to me since people can get very sick from COVID, but it's been turned into something the left is using to drive their politically motivated agenda through the country. And another important thing I think we need to talk about is that you can still get sick with anything other than COVID. Nobody's just going to be exempt from getting any other virus than COVID. Oh, you're positive for COVID. You have to quarantine for COVID and isolate for COVID. What about the 200 plus different types of colds from other virus strains? Most of them are caused by the rhinovirus, RSB, types of influenza, and yep, coronavirus. 20 to 30% of colds are actually caused by viruses that aren't even identified. And the coronavirus type causes about 20% of colds in adults. You can't really tell from children because, you know, they can't be specific in what they feel. They might just have a sore throat and they're just going to be uncomfortable. They're little. They may not be able to articulate exactly what's wrong, but about 20% of colds in adults. There are more than 30 kinds of the coronavirus, but only three or four actually affect people. I just thought that was pretty interesting after reading it. And then with RSV, I would be worried about RSV if I were in a lot of people's shoes nowadays. That hasn't gone away, and that's a very severe infection for children. A respiratory infection, specifically. So now that you know that they're using us as test monkeys, how does it make you feel about mandates? Or that as a healthy person, you're being forced into immunotherapeutics when people with cancer are receiving similar treatment? I mean, this is where my anger comes in towards the mandates. I don't personally think my body needs this. My body, my choice, right? Wrong, apparently. I thought that all the liberal progressive women said, ew, old white men trying to control women's bodies when it came to abortion, though, which isn't even a woman's body, but that's a discussion for another time. I guess Fauci isn't an old white man pushing mandates on everyone's bodies. I don't know, this is a conversation I'd like to have with somebody who is really trying to enforce mandates on other people without having done any kind of research on mRNA vaccine history. So in case you haven't had the time, because I've been very busy lately, I did some research for you guys and I thought it would be interesting to compare immunotherapeutics and mRNA and DNA vaccines together. And hopefully you guys could learn a little something about it before you go get your fourth booster. Or maybe it didn't change your opinion on the, any of the shots at all, which is fine. I'm not here to persuade anybody to do anything. I'm just highlighting some medical statements and research results on all of these different techniques to seemingly improve your immune system. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode and I hope that I can catch you guys back next week for another episode of my show, The Essentials. You guys' listen is always appreciated and be sure to check out all the other great podcasters right here on the BMG Network. Take care, guys.